Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he's our Emmanuel this morning? He's God with us. He's not off in some remote region of space. He's God with us. God with us right here, right now. He's our Emmanuel. That's the promise of Christmas, that God is with us, that he's in our midst. He's here. He's with us. I'm going to preach for about four hours this morning because I feel so good. <clears throat> Some of you are like, is he serious right now? Is he for real? I want to just share a little bit of, a little word with you about this, this story of Emmanuel. A few weeks ago, my family and I were at the Galleria Mall and we were hanging out at the, at, at the movies. We went to the movies with, we took our kids and I don't know if any of you, I know some of you have kids, but it feels like it's been a long time since I've seen a real movie. You know, I've been to a lot of animated features. <clears throat> I told my wife, when our kids go to junior high, I'm taking a year off just to catch up on the movies that I've missed over the last two decades. We watched a, a movie, Ferdinand the Bull. Not, yeah, okay. That's what I felt too. It's kind of middle of the road. Uh, we went out to the food court afterwards. We hung out for a little bit. And then we packed up our kids and we start heading towards the escalator. Right before we hit the escalator, we had one of those moments that every parent fears. I looked around and I didn't see our three-year-old, Augustine. Now, there are hundreds of people around. It's shopping season. And so there are people shopping and milling around. But I can't find my son, Augustine. He's our youngest son. And he's the most likely to wander off. So usually we find him kind of just at the edge of the safe zone. Like he's kind of balancing between I'm still here and I'm kind of over here. So I thought, well, we'll just spot him. But as the minutes ticked by, I didn't see him. So I turned to Rebecca and she didn't see him. And my other kids are like, we don't know where he is. So we started to have that feeling that you get when you're missing your child. And it's a little bit of a panic. And it's a little bit of thoughts racing. And so Rebecca runs back to the bathroom to see if he might be back there. Lincoln runs up to the second floor on the escalator to see maybe if he went up there. Jameson starts running through the food court to see if he might be around there. And I'm running around starting to quicken my pace. My thoughts are running quickly through my head. I get to the point where I'm actually calling out his name in a way that the other people in the mall notice. And they start looking at you like, "Uh uh-oh. And I've got that feeling. And I'm going, Augustine, Augustine. And I can't find him anywhere. It's a, it's a nightmare for a parent. Not only because we worry about what might be happening to the child, but we also empathize with what the child might be feeling in that moment. Because we know that wherever the child is, he or she probably feels utterly and completely alone. All of us know what it's like to feel alone. Some of you today, here, may even feel alone, surrounded by people. Because in your heart, there's, a, there's a, a loneliness that you don't quite know where it comes from. For some of you, you may have felt alone on your job. Some of you may have felt alone at your school. Some of you may feel alone even surrounded by friends and family. Some of you, even in your own relationship, there's a sense of alienation and isolation All of us know what it feels like to feel alone. When I was 
younger, I lived in Los Angeles. It's a city with millions of people, teeming with people, moving back and forth. So many opportunities to interact with people. But there would be long periods of time where I would feel completely and totally alone. I remember I would actually go every once in a while to a little church in my neighborhood. Not because I believed in what they had to say. Because I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian at that time. But I would go because during their prayer time, the pastor would say, take the hand of the person next to you and we'll all pray together. And sometimes that would be the only moment during the week that I would actually have physical touch with other people. And for that moment, clasping the hands of strangers, I didn't feel totally and completely alone. Social scientists say that we're experiencing an epidemic of loneliness. The number of people that say they have no close friends has tripled in the last decade. When they ask people, when they survey people and say, how many, how many close confidants do you have? How many people can you share your greatest dream and your deepest, darkest secret? How many people do you have like that in your life? The number one answer is zero. We're experiencing an epidemic of loneliness. So what do we do when we feel utterly and completely alone? The scripture that was just quoted from Matthew is one of the most famous scriptures in, uh, in, in the Bible when it comes to, to Christmas. And what it says is that all of this took place so that the Lord might fulfill what he said through the prophet. Because he said that a virgin will conceive and will bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Emmanuel is a promise. It's not just a word. It's not just a name. It's a promise that you and I never have to be alone again. How many of you were here for our Hot Mess for the Holidays series? Some of you guys were here. How many of you, how many of you relate to that sermon title, Hot Mess for the Holidays? You can, how many of you know somebody who should relate to that sermon title? How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's been a hot mess for the holidays? Don't raise your hand. That was a trick. That was a trap. We learned in that series that God is with us in the midst of our mess. He's with us in our pain. He's with us in our problems. He's with us in our pressure. He's with us in our sin and our shame and our sorrow. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we've been, God is with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And as I was preparing for today, I just began to pray and think, what does that mean for God to be with us? What does it mean to be with somebody? What does it mean for God to be with us? Because on one level, it just means that he's aware. He's aware of us. We're in the same proximity. We're in the same presence. We're in the same vicinity, right? Like all of us right now are with one another in this building. But how many of you know you can be physically with somebody and not, not with them? You're not really there. You're not really present. If you've ever had that friend that you're talking to them and they're on their phone texting, you go, I'm with this person, but I'm not really with this person. I uh, came across a photograph, a viral photograph the other day. Some of you may have seen it. It's uh, a group of students at a museum. They're literally feet away from one of Rembrandt's masterpieces, Nightwatch. And they're, they're vaguely aware that Rembrandt is hanging on the wall, but they're not really with him, right? They're not really that into him. They're aware, but they're not interested. Some of you may feel that that's the nature of the relationship that God has with you. He's aware of you. Maybe he knows you exist, but he's really not that into you. He's not that interested in you. He's not that present in your life. 
But when, 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 uh, when the prophet said God with us, when the prophet said Emmanuel, when Isaiah said God is with us, he didn't mean he's just aware of us. He also meant that he's available to us. He hears us and we hear him and he can respond to us. We're together. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I'll say, are you with me? Because I want to know, am I communicating with you? Are, are you tracking with me? Are you following with me? Right? And, we're say, and, and, and when he says God with us, he means God is not just a remote, off in the, in the space kind of God. He actually communicates with you. But just because somebody is aware of you and just because somebody is available to communicate with you doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the way with you. I'll give you an example. I'm one of these guys. This is a Christmas confession. Christmas Eve confession. I'm one of these guys that looks for broken parking meters in order to find a place to park. Is anybody? Are you with me? Come on, somebody. So I don't carry a lot of loose change in my car. So when I need a parking meter, I got to find the one that is broken so that I can park there so that I won't get a ticket. Some of you are looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about because you're so holy and you're so righteous. So the other day I... I had, a, I had a meeting, I'm driving, I go down the street, and I realize I have no change, and it's a strictly a parking meter kind of situation. So I'm driving, I'm cruising along real slow looking for the parking meter. Finally, I found a broken one. And I said, thank you, Lord, you are with me right now in this park. <laughs> and I pull over and I get into the parking spot, I double check, out of order. Good. Go to my meeting, come out of my meeting, I've got a citation on my windshield. Right? That's what I felt. And the citation says, failure to pay. Now, I'm a former lawyer, so I go, I didn't fail to pay. I was unable to pay. The meter was broken. And I did what every former lawyer would do. I went straight to City Hall. I took my citation to the clerk. Some of you lawyers are like, yeah, that's right. Uh Uh-huh, come on. (laughs) And I said, excuse me, ma'am, but um, I think we need to uh, address this situation because I've been wrongly accused of failing to pay the meter. You see, said meter was out of order. I did not fail to pay. It was, uh, I was unable to pay. Therefore, I would respectfully request you waive this citation for me at your earliest convenience. Boom, dropped the mic, and I was ready to roll out of there, right? But the clerk is looking at me like the sloth from Zootopia. Some of you know what I'm talking. She's got her lids like this, and she's like, so you're objecting to this citation? I said, yes, I am. She said, well, then you can turn the citation over. There's a court date printed on the back. You can take your evidence and your testimony to the judge, and he will give you a final adjudication on the merits. How about that? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to write this check and get out of here. (laughs) Wrote my $25. She was aware of me. I made sure that she was aware of me. And she was available to me. She would have stood there and talked to me all day because she had nothing else to do. But she wasn't really with me. She wasn't on my side. She didn't have my back. When, Eman- when Isaiah says Emmanuel, God with us, he doesn't just mean that God is aware of us and that God is available to us. He means God is our advocate. He means God is behind us. He means God is with us. He means that when you are struggling, God's with you in your pain and he's with you in your wound and he's with you in your hurt and he's got your back, and he's on your side, and he wants you to win, and he loves you. He's not standing remotely like some judge saying, well, let's just weigh the merits. He's going, I'm behind you. I've got you. You're with me, and I'm with you. When I came around a corner at the food court at the Galleria Mall, I saw my three-year-old 
hunched over in the corner, under an escalator, behind a photo booth, tears streaming down his face, literally shaking because he felt so alone. But I guarantee you that in that moment, when our eyes locked, he knew that he was not alone anymore because I ran over to him at full speed, clearing the crowd out of the way, and I scooped that boy up in my arms and I held him until his sobs stopped because I wanted him to know I'm not just aware of you, I'm not just available for you, I'm your advocate, I've got your back. Your problems are my problems, your fears are my fears, your pain is my pain, and I've got you. Some of you today need to experience on Christmas God as your Emmanuel. He's with you, he's with you in your pain, he's with you in the strain of your relationship, he's with you in your loneliness, he's with you on your job, he's with you in your hurt, in your addiction, in your anxiety, in your depression, whatever it is that you're experiencing, he's got you, he's got your back, he's on your side, and you don't ever have to be alone again. Let's sing it one more time as our worship team leads us out. Emmanuel, come on, one more time. presence he's with you in spirit he's your advocate and he's got your back and he wants what's best for you he wants to lead you to your good he wants to take you to your good and so today as we close out I'm going to have you pray with me and I want it to be a prayer of affirmation where you actually pray God you are with me you are with us because that's the reality that's what Christmas is about It's about God sending his son to the earth so that he could experience what it's like to be you. Your pain, your temptation, your struggle, your heartache, your heartbreak. 
He's there to experience what it's like to be you so that you know you've got an advocate, someone who's got your back, so that you know you never, ever have to be alone. Just bow our heads and let me pray. Father, I pray for every person in this auditorium right now that each and every one of us would take a moment during the crazy hustle of Christmas and experience you as a reality in our hearts. Not as a story, not as a theory, not as an idea, but as a presence and as a person in our hearts. Let us know that you're here today. You are with us, God. You are with us. You are with us. You are our Emmanuel. You are not far away. You hear our cry. You hear our prayer. And you're running after us to scoop us up in your arms and hold us tight so that we know we're never, ever going to be alone again. I pray, God, that you would break through the barriers in our hearts today and be Emmanuel for us this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.